Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are talking about five things we didn't like about the baby stage. And this is a follow-up episode to last week's episode where we talked about the five things we loved about the baby stage, but now we're getting, we're doing the flip side this week. And also, a little bit of a celebration we need to have. Um, So last week... Amanda and I kind of dropped the ball because we forgot to even acknowledge that last week was our 50th episode of the podcast. We have done 50 episodes. So today we're celebrating our 51st episode. So congratulations, Amanda. We've done 51 episodes of the podcast. Yay. That's like so crazy to me. I know. It's funny. We just kind of like started this and I don't know, it kind of grew legs and we've had like tens of thousands of downloads, like way more than we thought we would get in a year. Like it's, less yeah, than, the whole whole thing's been nuts. Less than a year because we're not even at our one year anniversary yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know. It's just, it's been amazing. So thank you to our listeners and our subscribers. So thank you so much for listening to us each week. Thank you for reaching out to us. We love interacting with you. We love the suggestions you give us. Um, we love the feedback, like everything. Like, thank you so much for listening uh, to our podcast because this really is a dream coming true that we didn't really think would have done this well. So thank you so much to everyone um, and happy 51st episode. So For this week's episode, I'll say it again, we're talking about the five things we didn't like about this baby stage. Now, we're not talking the postpartum, like us, our physical body. We're talking about kind of the reality of life that happens in the baby stage. So, Amanda, what's the first thing that you have that you don't like about the baby stage? So, the first one's probably the one that everyone doesn't like and that's the loss of sleep right so the thing with the loss of sleep is it definitely does get better so if you you're pregnant right now and you are expecting your first baby you don't know what to expect at first it's hard and then uh, once you kind of hit the three month mark hopefully they're starting to spread it out a little bit totally depends on the baby I know Different babies have different different schedules, but the thing is, you just have to keep kind of telling yourself that like it's going to get better. You're going to start to get more sleep, and when you have 
one baby, you can take naps. And then when you have more babies, you cannot take naps as easily. So, and we kind of talked about that last week. But uh, yeah, the loss of sleep was definitely one of those things that I don't miss about the baby stage. What about you? Well, yeah, like, so the loss of sleep is a big one. And we've, you know, sleep is such a central piece to what we talk about, like in so many episodes about taking care of yourself and how important it is. And like, you know, talking with your partner about how you're, they're going to, you can be supported to make sure that you're getting uh, enough sleep and, you know, to stay healthy. Um, but you're absolutely correct. Like the loss of sleep is hard. And one reality too, that for me, I always thought I was a person who needed a lot of sleep and I still am like, I know I still need sleep, but I never would have guessed in a million years that I would be able to function on as little sleep as I have in the newborn phase and like function pretty well, like not just like, you know, kind of going through the motions, but like actually being a real person. Granted, I had totally have those days where you're just like, screw this. Like we are just not leaving the house. We're not doing anything. It's just a couch day. Absolutely have those and you need those. But, um, I would never, ever have guessed that I could function on like an hour, hour and a half sleep at a time, a total of like maybe three hours sleep total a night that's broken up. So because like I've talked, like Finn is, Finn was a challenging sleeper for his first year. So, you know, I did not get hardly any sleep with him. Um, So I was pretty amazed that I could function on the loss, the amount of sleep that I had because the loss of sleep is so hard and difficult. And like you said, you know, after kind of the three month mark, like once you kind of roll out of the fourth trimester, there is definitely hopefully a shift. Um, Granted, like if you have a preemie, obviously you go by their corrected ages, but yeah, the fourth trimester is a big one to kind of like ease you out of hopefully that newborn stage of massive lost sleep and deprivation. Well, and it's funny because this, this past week in between recording episodes, the one night I ended up waking up at five 30 in the morning and I could not get back to sleep. And then the next night, Caroline, um, I think she's getting her two year molars. And so she woke up at like three ten, and she was crying And so I went in and I settled her down and then she woke up again. She woke up like three times that night. And so after two days in a row of me not getting the proper sleep, I was, I said to Keith, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need like caffeine, which I don't drink caffeine, right? Like I'm not a coffee or tea drinker. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need something to drink because like, I'm like, I don't think I can get through today. Whereas I was actually thinking about recording this episode because I knew we were going to do it. And I was like, man, like, The amount of sleep that I got when the kids were newborns was way less than what I had lost over the the two nights, like, because it was just kind of, uh, well, the one night it was definitely less sleep. And then the next night it was kind of broken sleep because you're kind of listening for her and expecting her to wake up again, right? And uh, yeah, it's just amazing that we can function off of the sleep that we function off of when we have a newborn. 
Yeah, and I can, like, right now, I'm not sleeping great. I will, like, fully admit, just, like, I'm definitely at that stage in pregnancy where I'm not sleeping well and, you know, I'm not comfortable. I just, it's kind of kicking in. And and so I'm not getting as much sleep as I was, I guess, previously. Um, but I made a comment to Peter the other night because he was like, oh, I'm so tired. I was like, well, then go to bed. Like the kids are asleep, go to bed. Like, you know, dishes are done, everything's done. Don't just sit stay up and fight to stay awake just because you want to watch something that you don't ne- technically want to watch that's on Netflix like for the sake of staying up it's not worth it I said just go to bed while you can and he was like oh my god we're not gonna sleep again <laughs> I was like you're just <laughs> realizing this and then I also wanted to say like let's be honest Peter you sleep through everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah, I just had to laugh. I was like, go to bed? Like, go to bed at 9 o'clock when you st- while you still can. Because well, It's funny because when the twins were babies, um, Keith took two weeks off, and then he had to go back to work, and he was actually working in New Brunswick at the time. And so he said when he got to New Brunswick and he went to sleep that night, he's like, it was like heaven. He's like, I didn't realize how sleep deprived I was over the two weeks till I got to go to bed in like a room by myself without needing to wake up and, you know, go get the babies. So yeah. Yeah. yeah no, but he was like, we're going to never, we're not going to sleep again. I'm like, it will be fine. <laughs> you, I make sure you get sleep. Like, yeah, you're fine. But yeah. So loss of sleep. Absolutely. Like that's probably the hands down and very predictable. Like loss of sleep is definitely, I think, pretty universal for people. So I would say uh, what I kind of have going on to another one for me is reflux and vomiting and spitting up. Those are hard. Like whether or not your baby has reflux or um, if your baby has silent reflux, which is the reflux without the vomiting, um, that brings along a lot of the crying. But then there's also just the general spit up. But man, laundry, so much laundry, not just for your baby, but for you. (laughs) And there is nothing worse than just like being covered in vomit like multiple times a day yeah agreed it's hard and like granted although I will say like with with both my kids being breastfed their vomit doesn't smell like their reflux their vomit their spit up it doesn't smell but man I remember when the boys would throw up with their formula and oh it stunk it was very stinky and uh Porter had reflux issues and so he would cry and yeah it was it was pretty upsetting but we ended up he kind of grew out of it relatively okay he he grew out of the really bad bit by the time the fourth trimester was over but he would still like the entire year he would still spit up and sometimes it would be like a huge spit up and we just wouldn't know when to expect it but it's funny because one of my neighbors down the street, her kids are a little bit older than me. And she said she purposely went out and bought white shirts because white shirts hide the spit up a little bit better. 
No. And yeah, and it's easier to clean. So she purposely went out and bought white shirts, but knowing that they would get destroyed. That doesn't make any sense to me because like to me, I guess I guess if you're gonna bleach them, that makes sense. Like you're just gonna bleach them. Because like both Frey and Finn had terrible reflux. Freya was on medication for the first year and like gradually she aged out of it and like her medication was weaned. Um, but like I look and I think I think maybe like they could pro- both kids could projectile vomit across the room. Like that's how bad their reflux was. But um, like I've looked at, I've gone through some of Freya's like preemie clothes, her, like her, the box of preemie clothes, the box of newborn and the box of like zero to like three. Cause she was wearing that for so long. And like those clothes are destroyed. I kept them and they were clean when I put them away. Like they didn't have any stains on them. And now like I take them out and they have those yellow vomit stains on them. And so that's odd that your neighbor said that she bought white because I'm like all of white, every color of the rainbow is soiled yellow because of Freya's reflex. Uh, Well, she does, the shirts were for her, right? So she would wear a white shirt because when she got puked on, if she was out in public, she wouldn't have this big, huge puke spot on her. It hit it more. So she told me this before I had kids. I didn't purposely go out and buy white shirts because white looks terrible on me. But uh, <laughs> if, I, if I was wearing a white shirt, I did have a couple uh, that I'll, like, I'll wear underneath sweaters or whatever. And if I got puked on, I did notice it didn't look like I got puked on. So that was her. She's like, didn't you ever notice that I just wear white shirts all the time? I'm like, well, not really. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention. But she's like, that's why. Because I would get puked on all the time. And it just hit it if they were out in public. So yeah, worked yeah. for her. It but I know that I did buy a bunch of shirts when the kids were born, knowing that I would throw them out afterwards. Yeah, I also right. did too. I yeah. got a bunch of t-shirts. And keep in mind, you'll be doing laundry frequently, so you don't have to buy a lot of shirts. I would just wear like the same five shirts all the time, right? Because I did laundry every single day. So, especially if you have a baby with reflux or vomiting, because yeah. there's a whole lot of like cloths and blankets and yeah, towels and then laundry, always and the costume changes that you have to do like every multiple times a day for you and them. Like, I that's one thing that I don't, I did not like about the. Uh, about the baby stage was like the reflux and the vomiting and it also too like with the reflux that I didn't like was knowing that like they were in discomfort so at least like my kids would throw up they would like they would vomit and then they would be okay and it would kind of be over and done with but like I know some people who have had babies who have silent reflux where the stomach acid is burnt like is splashing up but there's no vomit with it. So like there's the pain associated with it as well. So that's where like the crying comes in and, and that, that is really hard knowing that like your baby or a baby is, you know, in pain because of the reflux that they have, the silent reflux. So um, definitely. 
for me, that is one thing that once I get age out of it, I don't miss it whatsoever. Yeah. It's just, it's icky. It's not fun. You feel bad for the baby. Yeah. The worst for me is when like it goes down your bra, like down your shirt and then pools in your bra. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so like, gross. Oh, and then it gets in your under boob and you're just, oh, you're like, oh God, I have to have a shower. This is just so gross. Like, yeah, not enjoyable whatsoever. Speaking about disgusting things, the next one on my list is uh, not missing the poop. Because let me tell you, baby poop is definitely different than poop when once they're like one, it changes, right? It starts to get a little bit harder, but especially when they're they're newborn, newborn to like six months, it's like squishy and gross and you get blowouts, right? Well, the blowouts for sure. I'd say like it starts, it changes as soon as you introduce food, like solids into the mix, that's when their poop really, really changes. But the newborn poop, like the newborn blowout is, is rough. Oh, yes. I compl- Caroline was so bad at it that I would, I think I threw out at least six, six shirts. Oh, outfits. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Like there are, I actually have some photos of like the biggest blowouts. I was like, I have to document this because this is insane. And it's like up the back and you're right. You just kind of throw it out. Although I will say I found an amazing stain remover recipe. So like I can get those disgusting blowout up the back stains out of the white onesies. Like no problem. I just didn't want to clean it. (laughs) Like hers were the worst. The boys, they blew out a little bit, but hers were just terrible. So I, uh, yeah, I just, maybe because I had the other two that were running around, I just was like, ugh, just chuck it out, which seemed so wasteful and I felt guilty, but I just couldn't be bothered. (laughs) Maybe it's because she's the last baby too. And like, thank goodness for, if anybody doesn't know this, this like little parenting hack, it's come out, it, I think it was very unknown and then it was kind of all over social media. So But if you don't know, like if your baby is wearing a onesie, there's the flaps, like the folds on the shoulders. Those are meant so that you can fold down the shirt, the onesie over your baby, like get your baby's arms out that way and pull the onesie down their body when they have a blowout. So you're not pulling poop up over their head. So like... And that when like when you learn that that's a that is a game changer in the world of the kind of baby first six months when the blowouts happen because they can be bad up the front up the back all over you oh I didn't get it all over me oh yes I have one of the ones that I documented I actually was covered in poop like it went through. Freya's diaper out of Freya's diaper up her back through the onesie through her clothes and onto my clothes oh that's just disgusting yeah (laughs) yeah so um yeah I completely agree with the poop I will say again that the formula fed poops that the boys had I found stunk way more than 
Freya's breastfed poops. Maybe. I don't remember Freya's poop, to be honest with you. I just think poop in general stinks. Well, and then kind of like going off the poop, it does stink like it, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't smell as, I don't think it smells as bad. It's still gross, but it has like this like weird, like mustardy smell. I don't know. Like it's, it's a weird smell. Like I can imagine the smell of Freya's poop and like as an infant, as a newborn, which is really weird, but I think it's a mom thing. It's just like all around the poop, but then also along the poop is figuring out what the different colors mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. As like different, you know, there's the mustard yellow for a breastfed baby, but then like there could be green and different shades of green and then like what you need to be looking. So like trying to decode the poop so that you know what's happening on the inside of your newborn. Like, yeah. Oh, and then tar poop, like the first poop the first poops yeah when they're like black and you're like what the heck black and sticky yeah Yeah, so if you're having your first baby and you didn't know that your newborn like their first four or five days of poops will be black like the first one and it's sticky like tar yeah they're pretty gross weird and and then after that, the boys had, we always said it was like soft serve ice cream, which is disgusting. Oh God, but it was like, so it was like brown. It was this brown, like soft serve. That's what it reminded us of. Yeah, it was pretty gross. And then you're right. Once, once you start to introduce solids, the texture starts to change a bit. But it wasn't until they hit one, at least for us, when um, we switched to milk that I found that the, their poo really got like the hard texture that like our poo has. I feel like we need to put a disclaimer. Well, let's just give all our listeners a minute to like finish throwing up because I almost threw up on that part. That's because you're pregnant. So like, let's just give our listeners a minute to like regroup and stop throwing up because that got really, really, really gross really fast. Hey, they'll know what to expect, especially if they're, they're uh, formula feeding. Maybe it's a formula fed thing, but like that's now all you I know. Have, that's okay, all I have changing, to changing topics. What's next? I never thought that I would get to the point of doing like, I, you know, an episode, a topic of the episode where I'd be like, we have gone too far. because like I know that we're all about being honest and candid and like very real and like but that one really almost made me (laughs) 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 okay um so for me uh one of the another thing that I didn't like was the unsolicited advice and comments not necessarily from like family members but like from complete strangers yeah strangers think that they need to you know give you a little bit of advice or make a quip about stuff and yeah sometimes you're like really why are you saying this to me like yeah like well like for me so like thinking back with Freya I used to get a lot a lot of comments on her size because she was so tiny and she was tiny for a while um But like, and then she would be in her like bucket car seat and people, and so she looked even smaller. Um, And so like 
strangers would like see her from a distance and then they would approach me and be like, Oh, look, you're newborn. I'm like, yeah, you know, she's like two months old, whatever. Um, and they're like, Oh my goodness. Like you are not feeding that baby enough. You should be doing this. Have you tried this? And I'm like, uh, you know, nothing about my situation or our situation. So like step off. <laughs> but like, obviously I didn't actually say that, but I like, like you almost have to almost how you said a couple episodes ago, like where you have to have like a set or like a prepared comment back to like, just have it prepared. So you're just like, you just go through the motion and say like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Like, yes, I know she's tiny, but she's healthy. Size doesn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. Like, thank you so much for your concern. Have a good day. Like, but like really, I was like, I, if I was, if I needed your support or your help, I would have reached out to you. But seeing as yeah. I don't know you, please leave me alone. <laughs> well, for me, I used to always get, oh my gosh, twins, that's double trouble. And at first that really bothered me. And then I would tell people, eh, but I'd say, well, it's twice the love. So yeah. Yeah. But or like, I'd say we love having twins. It's twice the love. Well, but, but it is something that like, I definitely was not prepared for complete strangers making comments about something they don't know. Yeah. What's funny with twins though, like you're like in the freak show, which is kind of weird because there's lots of twins around now, but like everyone feels like they need to see them and comment on them. And like, we would go to the grocery store and like, it amazed me at how many people would come over just to see them and be like, are they twins? (laughs) And then- and then as they got older, like Cooper was always a little bit bigger and he still is than Porter. And so people would be like, are they twins? Like question mark, right? And I'd be like, yeah, they're twins. And they'd be like, well, but the one's bigger. And I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter, right? Like yeah. I'd be like, well, they're, t- they're just two brothers born on the same day. That's what I ended up saying to people but because they're not identical they're not identical right they they really are two brothers that were born on the same day right they're, so they're, they're different they're yes they're roommates <laughs> yeah but that I'm like like especially once they became toddlers and stuff like to say that in front of them I didn't want them to like feel bad that you know one's bigger than the other like right yeah just no. kind of weird and like so now when people say are they twins I say boys are you guys twins and then they'll they'll answer it's funny side note the other day we're walking down the street and uh we hadn't really gone for a walk in a while and so we'd see someone and and the one guy said hi how are you and Porter's like we're twins <laughs> and I'm like what and then we saw another guy walking at the dog and and it looked like my parents dog so they're like oh that dog looks like Phoebe and so we were talking to the guy and Porter's like we're twins <laughs> like what the heck that's how they lead that's their like that's how they interact they're like they're leading with we're twins I we're guess so. it out of the just, way yeah, or I don't know if it was because no one was commenting, and I don't know. It's just weird. Well, it's funny because like we have very good, we have a very good friend, like friends, and they have a son who is three months to the day older than Finn. And like we would go out for dinner with all the kids. So, like Freya was like Freya, and then the two babies, and like we would have all our servers would always be like, "Oh, are they twins?" And we're like, "No." 
where they're not. They don't look anything alike besides being bald. <laughs> like, because <laughs> they both have very, like, very little hair and very fine hair. Like, no, they're not twins just because there's two babies. Like, count how many adults there are. Like, there's yeah. two couples. Like, they're not twins. Um, but, like, we used to get that question all the time. We're like, no, they're not. And they'd be like, oh, they could be twins. Yeah, they're not. That's These funny. two, like, Frey and Finn are siblings. And they're like, yeah, but the boys could be twins. <laughs> but someone, someone actually asked me, I was, was walking with the kids, if they were triplets. I'm like, no, I'm like, she's two years younger. Like, I yeah. have, I also, on, a, you know, on this tangent, I have also been asked if Frey and Finn are twins because they do look so similar. Especially because Finn has his his surfer hair yeah <laughs> and so yeah um I've been asked about that too I'm That's like no funny. they're yeah almost two years apart <laughs> but, but yeah people making comments and unsolicited advice like it's just yeah sometimes it's okay right like if someone's making a positive comment like saying how cute your baby is you're like whatever but yeah the people who feel like they need to comment on appearances or give you advice because they think your baby's small, like totally not okay. But you just have to kind of have your canned answer to give people just to kind of give them the brush off. Yeah. And like, that's something it's, but I think it's something that is so common that like, as a first time mom going into it, you almost need to be prepared. But there's also this level of like unsolicited pregnancy advice that is so common. So it's almost like when we're pregnant, we get that kind of experience or like those unsolicited comments or like belly touches, like. Yeah, we talked about that a few yeah. weeks ago too. So yeah. like, I think pregnancy almost gives us this lead up of like, okay, you're going to get practice of having complete strangers make comments or give you advice on nothing that you wanted to know about so that you're prepared when you have your baby because it will continue to happen. But yeah, baby stage, yes. Unsolicited advice and comments, I'm over that. Yeah, and to be honest with you, now that the kids are older, I don't really, well, maybe because I haven't been out in months because of COVID, but was, that could be part of it. I was but, just going to say, uh, the kids have not, like, our kids, like, I know my kids <laughs> have not gone anywhere. So, yeah, I'm like, where are you taking them to get advice? Yeah, I was going to say, but no, I was thinking more comments. Like, no one's really commented on their size. I actually did have a delivery guy the one day say, are they twins? But the one's taller. And I was like, okay, he's a little taller. <laughs> like yeah. You're like, you're not my usual delivery guy. Come yeah. on, get with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the last one that I have, so number five is uh, the changing schedules that happen during the the first year because your baby's growing so rapidly. And so the schedule of when you're doing things kind of changes. And I would find that like sometimes I would book a doctor's appointment thinking it would fit the schedule and then they would need me to switch their schedule a little bit because they needed to go to bed a little bit later or earlier. And um, so then it kind of screwed everything up because here I was thinking it would work based on what the schedule was, but then our schedule shifted again. So that was one of the things that, happened a lot in the first year just because the baby's changing so much right 
and uh, you kind of have to roll with the changing schedule. But then once they, you know, become a toddler, their schedule's kind of more defined and it's not switching as often. So no, I don't know if you, if you had that or not. No, I totally agree. And it's like, you just start to figure something out. You get something worked out well for you. And like, you're like, yes, I can do this. I'm getting into a groove. And then not even like a doctor's appointment, but then there's like a developmental leap. Right. Yes. Yeah. Crap. I just got everything figured out. And now, you know, everything has been shot to hell and I don't know, like I have to figure everything else out again and start again from scratch and like trying to figure it out. So like, I totally agree with like, you know, pre-planning your schedule or pre-planning your appointments and things and kind of like, you know, just everyday things like, oh, I could go do groceries this time or yeah, I'm going to get together with a friend pre-COVID. Um, going to get together with a friend, you know, we'll do this at this time, it will work. And then you're like, comes that week, you're like, oh gosh, like this is not going to work. But definitely the developmental leaps, um, which, you know, so many people call, call them sleep, reg- like those regressions, those sleep regressions. But let's put a positive spin on it and put it as a developmental leap because that's kind of what it is. But um, those developmental leaps, those happen so frequently that they can be like really short little blips of changes, but it'll still screw up your schedule or those really big leaps where you're like, Oh gosh, this is like going to be a week or two weeks of really, really challenging stuff. And then trying to figure out how to get that stuff in place. And then you figure it out and everything changes again, or you have a holiday and you're like, Oh crap, I got to figure out how to like work my, this event or holiday around my schedule. So absolutely changing schedules are hard. It's really stressful. I found it extremely stressful. Yeah, it could be, especially depending what was happening, right? Like if there was a family event or whatever that you wanted to go to, then, you know, trying to work everything around your schedule and figure it all out. Like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty stressful. And like, because both of you and I, we've talked about like, we, we are, pretty strict on our schedule like especially like in the newborn kind of fourth trimester like but even our first year I will still say that I am still very strict on my schedule in the sense of like I know that my kids and just generally kids in or I know like my kids and kids in general thrive with knowing having structure and you know predictability so like I stick to our schedule pretty closely Um, and I know that like, there are some people who like in my family who have an issue with it, but I don't really care. Like, I know they're not here taking it, looking after the kids. Um, but it's, it's stressful for me as a parent trying to like think in advance of like, okay, how am I going to change that schedule? It takes a lot of work. And I would like write my schedule, like if I was doing an event and I knew that we needed to change stuff, I actually, there were some times where I would just, it was just easier to write it down and try and plan it that way, having it written down instead of just like playing with it in my head. Yeah. I don't know. I know. So like if we had to go to Keith's parents who live an hour and a half away from us, we would 
do it based on the schedule. So when Caroline was a baby and she napped in the morning, we would drive down morning nap and then we would come home when all the kids had to go to bed. So we'd drive home at like seven or seven thirty, right? Just so that it didn't throw everything off. And so, yeah, I totally stuck with the schedule as much as I could and tried to make everything work with the schedule. But yeah, changing the schedule, even if it's just for a day or two sucks, like if you go on vacation, but then like, yeah, developmental leaps, all that stuff. Like there's just, yeah, just can throw your life into chaos by getting off schedule or having to reconfigure the schedule right well and I remember I distinctly remember like with Freya and it, it like us it's probably her first week home and I distinctly remember us having to go to her pediatrician for a, a weight check and a check-in um so it was maybe one of her first like her first appointment after being released from the hospital or maybe like within that week though. And I remember being like, okay, so because she was on a, a strict three hour feeding schedule, um, I'd be like, I was like, okay, this is the time of the appointment. This is the time she gets fed. I'm going to have to stagger her feeding backwards like this, because it'll take 17 minutes to drive to the doctor's office. And like, and like, that's how like meticulous I was trying to figure it out. And it was hard because I was, because we were so tight on that three hour feeding schedule, but like thinking, having to like work backwards on how I was going to shift her, her entire like day's feeding schedule around this half hour appointment was hard. And then, oh, changing schedules. If you were, if you live somewhere where your time's, your, your time, oh, yeah. you time changes, Oh, yeah, that is hard, too. So what I would do with time changes is I would slowly change them over the course of a week. So I would shift the schedule by like 10 minutes. And so I would do a couple days at that 10 minute interval, and then I would move it another 10 minutes and eventually they'd be over on the new time. Yeah, I remember doing that yeah I um even now with the kids I'm like oh god I dread the time change because I I've heard of like you and people doing that like over a week or two weeks to kind of prep I'm just not prepared enough I'm like oh the time's changing tonight great <laughs> like I don't pay attention to that stuff so I would not be prepared I'm never prepared enough to like actually start doing that a week in advance but you could still do it after the fact. You just have to move them at some point, right? Yeah. So like what I would kind of do is I'd kind of move them halfway before and then I'd move them to the other half after. Mm. So that it would be, they, the hour would be completely changed. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, changing, but yeah, changing that was stressful. Is, it is stressful. It is really stressful and it is hard. And it's, and it's not even like, I feel like if you... I, I think there are some parents who will be like, who are like, yeah, like it's no problem. Like that's their personality. But if you're a personality similar to like my personality where I'm just like, okay, I'm trying to stay, you know, tight and on the schedule. Yeah. I found it extremely stressful. Extremely. That's all I have. 
Yeah. That is our five. Those are yes. our five. That was one, two, three, four, five. That's how we count. That is five. Yeah. But I will say, like, everything does have, and we said it last week, but everything does have, it is a phase. Like, in the moment, it seems insurmountable that you're going to get through it, especially the loss of sleep. Like, that one is huge. But ultimately, it is just a time, and you do get out of it. And then it's okay to not like more things as well. Like, there are many people, you in particular, like you have said, you have been vocal about it, that you don't love the newborn stage. No, I don't. You want to know what? I love the two-year-old stage. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, I enjoyed the boys being newborns. Uh, I think because it was new and I was like on this huge adrenaline rush. Caroline, I didn't enjoy as a newborn and I really struggled with not enjoying her as a newborn. Um, and even like her whole first year, I just kind of felt like she was being carted around, right? Like, because there was so much going on with the boys and stuff. And I think because of that, I didn't feel as bonded as I was as quickly with the boys, if that makes sense. But like, um, even like once they hit one, like I find like all of a sudden things became easier for me. And then once they hit two, like that's when things are like, woo, like it's just kind of awesome. Right. Yeah. But it, so, it, it and th- but that's just me. And that's just me. Right. Like other people are different. And I always knew that I wasn't a baby person per se, but so, yeah, so you might totally enjoy having a baby and that might be your thing because you're a baby person and that's awesome. But, you know, just know that having kids is absolutely amazing. So, no, and like, you're absolutely right. Like I, on the other hand, I love, I do enjoy like the newborn stage. I love the baby stage, but it is extremely common for many parents and moms and moms especially to not enjoy the baby stage. And that is totally okay. There is absolutely nothing wrong with not enjoying the baby stage. It does not mean that you don't love your baby. That's not it at all. It is hard to have a baby. It is. And you know what? Peter said to me the other night, again, he was like, I love the age the kids are right now. I love this. The, the way they are now. And I was like, I know. And he was like, but we're going to have a new baby soon. And I was like, I know. And he's like, but that's going to be really hard. And I said, it's okay to not like it. It's okay to be worried about the, you know, about the challenges of it. But yeah, absolutely. Like the older, the older they get, the more fun they get. They bring their own challenges as they get older, but it is okay not to like the baby stage. So if you are one of those moms or one of those women who think that you're not going to be liking that baby stage, there is no shame in that. It, there is nothing wrong. It does not mean that you will not be a good mom. doesn't mean you don't love your baby. It just means you will have really enjoy it once they roll out of the, the 12 months into the toddler stage. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.